It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Football Social Daily. Premier League updates. It's another week, it's Monday again, and we're back with Football Social Daily, your only daily Premier League podcast. Seven days a week, we'll have all the big talking points covered for you right here from this podcast from the Sports Social. My name's Niall, alongside me in the studio today, we've got Jim Salverson. Hello, Jim. Hello. You're not looking as tanned as I thought. You've been on holiday, haven't you? I've got a six-year-old. I use Factor 50 sun cream because it's the only one. (laughs) (laughs) So I I go come back less tanned than I go on holiday. Well, at least you're not one of these people that gets burnt looking at the weather forecast. No. Because uh, there are a few of those out there. And we've got Marley Anderson as well. Hello. I was expecting there to be a bit of hostility in the studio today, considering both of your sides faced off against each other at the weekend. Yeah, ruined the end of my holiday. That it game. made my weekend. <laughs> Newcastle versus I've West Ham. I forgot the last time Newcastle scored three goals in a game. <laughs> what's go. going what on? Is, what's happening? Marley wins the mini battle of, uh, of sports social presenters. Um, we're going to be talking today about what happened at the weekend, notably... The Premier League statement regarding Andre Gomez's injury, of course, in the Everton versus Tottenham game. Gomez broke his leg and it was a rather unsavoury incident. Song Hyun Min got red carded. Uh, There's been a statement from the Premier League, which has been rather unusual, if I may say so myself. We'll also be talking about West Ham and Newcastle United. That game, of course, highlighting some worries for West Ham, in particular Manuel Pellegrini. And the rumour mill is in full swing again. Could Jose Mourinho be set for a return to management, but not in the Premier League? perhaps in Germany. Anyway, let's get straight into it and let's start with Everton versus Tottenham Hotspur. On a Super Sunday, which I thought by all accounts was quite boring, we had Crystal Palace versus Leicester, the first game. I was a bit bored in that, even though Leicester came through 2-0 winners. And then the game we're going to talk about, Everton versus Tottenham Hotspur. The Gomez injury, and I said this yesterday on the show, I think we should come out first of all and say no one wants to see anyone get injured like that in the game. It's a horrific injury. And we all wish him a, a speedy recovery. But Song Hyun Min was the, the player for Spurs that was deemed the culprit. He was handed a red card. Maybe Martin Atkinson's seen Gomez's leg and the state it was in and decided to change his mind. Or maybe someone's been in his ear and said, referee, you need to change this because 
it's a horrific injury. I mean, as you say, a horrible injury. And I think it's pretty grim that people share these images of social media. I mean, Match of the Day went short of showing the actual injury when you looked at the replays. It showed the moments leading up to it. But no one needs to see that. And I'm sure Gomez doesn't want people seeing that at all. No. The worry for Everton is how long he'll be out, whether he'll be making a return because ankles are terrible part of your body to injure when you're a football you saw it with Dean Ashton yeah. when he broke mm-hmm. his ankle I think it was on England duty and he never quite recovered from that he came back and played a dozen games maybe and then he was forced to retire so hopefully that won't be the case for Gomez the whole red card situation seems bizarre to me particularly with the statement that was issued after by the Premier League you could almost accept it if the referee had given a red card at that time and Martin Atkinson had said that is a red card offence you'd kind of go Mm. All right, it's a tackle from behind. It was a little bit out of control. Maybe it's just a red card. It was just a clip, though, from Son. It wasn't. Yeah, but it was what would be considered a reckless foul because he was breaking but away in real down time, the line. In real time, at that pace, you could see it being a red card, couldn't you? It's when it's slowed down and when you watch the replays, that's when you start to maybe doubt, which makes it even more strange that the VAR officials, having seen those replays and seen it slowed down, have gone, yes, it is now a red card and upgraded it. What I think the most bizarre part of the whole decision is, the way it's been justified as they've Premier League's come out and said that part of the consideration Should we read the statement? Well part of the consideration was the level of injury it caused. Yeah. Well let's never been part of the what's nonsense and, and I totally agree with you, Jim. Let's read the statement. The Premier League statement on VAR said the red for Son um said the red for Son was for endangering the safety of a player which happened as a consequence of his initial challenge. So you're telling me if I tackle you fairly and then you stumble and you trip Amali and break yeah, your ankle, yeah. I should be sent off for that. No, no, you shouldn't. And I've just thought of an example. For example, years and years back, John Arnarisa smashed a free kick at about 90 miles an hour and it hit a Man United player. I can't remember who it was. It hit him in the leg and it broke his leg. I can't remember who it was now. But it <laughs> is was just, that really it, a thing? Yeah, because it's sure not like one yeah, of those old wives' no, tales. It's <laughs> no, it was because of the impact. The impact basically moved his leg, and then he hit his leg on the ground, and it and oh, it snapped. Okay, and it was because of that. Like in this circumstance, with this complete made-up statement that they've just all of a sudden come out with, it's the same thing. Is it, was like it not, it's just a freak accident. I remember Alan, Alan Smith. Smith breaking his Alan leg. Smith. Was, was it Alan Smith? Alan Smith. Was it? Yeah. So he wasn't at Man United at the time. Is it Leeds? I think. Oh, was he? Was he, he, he did break I his think, leg at United. I mean, that's. I kind of get what you're saying there, but as it, in, it's it's all. But but it's just a freak accident. Arnaurice has not done something there that was against the rules. But neither it, is Son. Is he? Well, yeah, he, t- well he, t- he, t- he tackled, and it was a card. It was probably a yellow card rather yeah. than a red card. But if you've got a player who has a long-standing injury for example, mm-hmm. and they get clipped in a yellow card tackle and it aggravates that injury, maybe it dislocates the knee if they've got a weakness there, or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. does that mean that foul is now more severe? In which case, the referees need to have medical histories in front <laughs> yeah, of them. Yeah, I mean, Jack, consult Jack Wilshere's going, oh, going to be the most protective player in the <laughs> league, yeah, isn't it, it now? It's just an absolute, it's just adding farce onto farce onto farce that yeah. is VAR, saying that the level of it, as you say, it can be a freak injury. The level of yeah. injury should have no impact on whether something is a red or yellow card. Well, one argument would be that Son was so distraught he might not have been able to carry on anyway. Um, but no. then when you give him the red card, you're almost pointing the finger at him and saying, look what you've done. Look what you've done to Andre Gomez's leg. And the man was in pieces anyway. Yeah. When the yellow card well, again, came out after seeing what that happened. should be a consideration. So was Gomez's ankle. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it should purely be on the game itself and on the challenge, right? 
that's the, it yeah. shouldn't be about it's an objective thing isn't yeah, it yeah you know, it shouldn't it should be whether be, a player's upset or yeah. it shouldn't be I mean, it's the same thing as players like waving yellow cards or getting angry at decisions isn't it yeah. that doesn't come into it that shouldn't come into it mm-hmm. it should be purely as you say an objective decision on the challenge did VAR undermine Martin Atkinson in that situation VAR suggesting that Martin Atkinson made the wrong decision Atkinson's a senior referee and I think he made the right choice by getting the yellow card out I think he made that was the right decision. Getting Didn't the yellow have... card out initially, and then it was something that was either said or he's changed his mind by looking at Gomez's leg or ankle and realised that actually I might have made a mistake here. I think VAR is undermining referees in general, and this isn't the first time that Martin Atkinson has had a decision overturned by VAR either. Mm. But it's it's almost it's almost making the officials slightly impotent in these scenarios that they don't feel like they can or maybe they don't feel like they have to make big decisions in certain incidents because if there is a decision to be made, they can refer it up or if they make the wrong decision, they know that in the middle of a game, they'll be undermined by going, no, you got that one wrong. It's actually this incident. So it's just, as I say, it's just another level of farce on top of VAR. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree, to be honest. I think the where it where it sort of got overturned was the fact that the guys in the truck had time to look at the level of impact that it caused. Like, Atkinson sees it in real time and then he doesn't see it but Was it not Aurier who should be really getting the... Well, I was going to come on to this. Aurier is, to me, I think he's he's the more causer of the challenge. Like, people are saying that Gomez broke his ankle on impact with the turf. However, we can't see a replay that clearly shows that because um, they won't show it. And, and also, if anything... An impact with Aurier post that would have made it worse, surely? Would it yeah, not? that's well. That's I was thinking like the way it happened. I've been trying to sort of recreate it. Um, he's sort of sliding along the floor and he's and his ankles under him, but then he hits Aurier like as in it's like a, a mm. sudden stop. But there's because no way Aurier's on the floor. Aurier couldn't have predicted that that was going to happen. No, exactly. But like, it's a freak accident. <laughs> that's genuinely what it is. Yeah, isn't it? like. Son's committed the first foul and then he hits um, he hits Aurier as well. So it's kind of like a, a car spinning out. Mm. Like let's say one car hits another one in the boot and it spins out and then it hits a central reservation. Like the reservation causes the impact, that causes the injury. But the actual foul has came from the first guy, mm. which which in this case is Son. But it's, even, it, even that, I don't even think it was that bad a tackle because I think he tries to pull out of it. Like, he goes down to try and trip him, and then he sort of stops. And oh, by yeah. that time... Yeah. No, Son. Oh, Son. Yeah, so I think he tries... To, he, it's a typical striker tackle, because he doesn't have to slide tackle at all, because yeah. he slides in from the wrong side, and then he sort of, like... He doesn't want to go through with it, but it, by that time it's too late. The wet mm-hmm. turf, he slid into him, and, he, and he's clipped him. It's and a, then, obviously, it's all downhill from there. It's a fascinating debate, because, you know... There's an argument that no one deserves to be sent off, but then you say, well, Andre Gomez has broken his leg. Mm. If someone said, Andre Gomez has broken his leg in a tackle, what do you think the outcome would be? To someone who hasn't watched the incident, and then you go yellow card or but Joe, no decision, but as we said and you think, wow, how, it's surely got to be a red card. Just He's broken because his a player leg. gets injured doesn't mean it's necessarily, even a foul, necessarily. Does it? It doesn't no. necessarily mean, just no. because, it just, it, it just... The injury is separate from the incident. Yeah. Okay. Well, you can get injured in many ways. Like one thing as well, I was thinking about at the weekend. Um, last week it was Brandon Williams and Hudson Adoy in the uh, Carabao Cup, hmm. and it was uh, 
sort of on the touchline and it was like a shoulder badge and Williams ended up throwing, like physically spinning and throwing Hudson Adoy over an advertising board. And Hudson Adoy like went into the crowd. Like mm. he could have been genuinely hurt by that, but mm. it wasn't a foul. It was just it was a bit naughty. And it was maybe a yellow card. Uh, well, surely he, that should he, be a red. But by he got this away statement. with it. Uh, that's what I mean by this statement. He's endangered him by Kicking doing something, ground. doing something bad. And, and I think he like sort of pulled his shirt, and the momentum took him flying over the hoardings. He could have hit two or three fans. He could have broke his rib on the thing. Mm. It, it could have been anything. Does it work the other way then? Does it work so the severity of Gomez's injury has affected the red card here? Mm. The other way, if a player goes over the top of a ball, challenges someone mid-shin and by some miracle they come off scot-free, don't run around on the floor. Does the referee go, well, you're not injured, so it's all right, no card? <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's still a red card. It's still a red card, as Sean Longstaff proved with um, yeah. with uh, Ruben Neves last, mm. was just last week. He wasn't hurt. He carried on. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm a big... But it was a high boot and a little bit out of um, out of control. I have a lot of dislike for, for people that say, oh, his eyes were on the ball. So what? If it's a foul, it's a foul. Mm. It doesn't matter whether you meant it or not, accidental or not. If you don't yeah. get the ball and you clip the man, it's a foul. It's a free kick. That's the way the game works. Um, Andre Gomez will have surgery on a uh, fractured uh, fracture and dislocation to his right ankle today. So we wish him all the best in his recovery from that surgery. It definitely overshadowed the game uh, in the end, but... Do you think Marco Silva Jim is on borrowed time at Goodison Park? Did Jenk Tosin's late equaliser for the Toffees perhaps buy him a, a couple more weeks? That's, that's what's been said, isn't it, for the last couple of weeks. It said he's got three games or two games or four games, depending on which day you read the papers, to save his job. And it never seems to actually come to fruition. I think what is giving Marco Silva a bit of extra time is the moment uh, is the fans that don't seem to really have turned against him yet. Within the media, certainly seems to suggest that Marco Silva won't be in the Everton job for much longer. But the fan base don't seem to be putting too much pressure. There seems to be a little bit of belief in the project from their point of view. And certainly it would appear that the owners as well have got patience and they're willing to stick by Marco Silva for the time being. He's like kryptonite. Can't get rid of him. Just won't seem to go away. (laughs) It's really interesting because he's like Everton shouldn't be in 17th spot no they're way too good for 17th spot i mean i know it's 10 games in 11 games in the old cliche the table's starting to uh take shape but five they're five points off the top five six. points off the top six but they're also <laughs> one place above the Jesus. relegation zone yeah but ex- exactly it's too early to say and it certainly isn't a disaster at everton at the moment and they are improving slowly Okay. I think. Okay. Time for a quick break now here on Football Social Daily. But is it a disaster? As Jim says, at West Ham United, we'll be talking about that after the break. (laughs) Well, that's that done. We don't need to talk about that anymore. Um, And we'll also be talking about Sadio Mane after his late winner for Liverpool. Is he the best player in the Premier League right now? We'll be back for more after this. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Football Social Daily, Premier League updates. Welcome back to Football Social Daily. Niall here. I've got Jim and Marley alongside me in the studio. We've just been talking about the injury to Andre Gomez and the fast that is video assistant refereeing in the Premier League. Now, though, we're going to talk about West Ham United and Jim Salverson. You might consider West Ham's current form as a farce as well. You lost 3-2 to Marley's team, Newcastle United, at the weekend. West Ham, I don't want to say the wheels have come off because were the wheels ever really on? 
would be my other question, but certainly things are starting to wobble over there at the London Stadium right now. I think the game against Newcastle at the weekend was a real sickener for West Ham fans, and I think it exposed I enjoyed a it. lot of... <laughs> did you? Uh, it exposed a lot of weaknesses in the West Ham squad that have always been there. I think the club failed to strengthen both full-back positions over the summer, which is a area they really needed to look at but at the same time they were looking for value and obviously they didn't see that as value everyone questioned losing adrian as the second choice goalkeeper uh, obviously he worked out all right for him in the end and he got his move to liverpool but certainly the goalkeepers that have been bought in to replace him roberto and david martin from millwall well, i haven't seen david martin play yet i don't think i think he played one friendly pre-season are not up to the standard of the Premier League. So I think it's more chickens coming home to roost rather than a dramatic change in form. I think there's a lot of weaknesses in that West Ham team at the moment. And it's probably, they're probably performing about their level at the moment in what is a really competitive Premier League. There's a lot of teams on 13 points. West Ham are one of those teams. There is a bit of a cluster forming there in the middle of the Premier League table. What I would say for West Ham is, is there concern immediately now? Are fans starting to get worried? Can you sense that amongst the West Ham fan base? Completely. And there's a lot of people talking about Manuel Pellegrini being sacked at the moment, which is a ridiculous call to make, given the good work that he has done over, well, I think this is his second, this will be the second, second season he's been at the club. So he's had a very limited amount of time. He has made progress. He has improved the playing staff, but there is still a long way to go in what you would call his project. Inverted commas. We were speaking to some Manchester City fans, notably Adam Keyworth, on yesterday's uh, Premier League review show. And he said, sometimes with Pellegrini, when you lose a game, and he noticed this when he was Manchester City manager, he comes out and says some strange things like, where did it go wrong for you today, Manuel? And he'll go, I don't know. And that's a concern as a supporter listening to that. And I've written down here, has Pellegrini lost the plot? Maybe I'm being a bit harsh. But the reason I say that is because I noticed, and Marley will know as well as anyone as a Newcastle fan, Alan St. Maximin is one of the fastest players in the Premier League. Mm. And he put, it puts him up against Pablo Zabaleta, who's definitely in the twilight of his career. Now, for me, I wouldn't do that on FIFA, let alone the <laughs> Premier League game. So what's going on there? That was a bit of an error of judgment, in my opinion. It is a bizarre choice, particularly when Fredericks is one of the fastest fullbacks I was in the Premier just League. about to say that. If you're going to have one thing, even if your guy can't defend... So Max Van's going to go past you whether you can defend or not. He's literally one of the best dribblers you'll ever see. Mm. He's ridic- Some of the stuff he does is ridiculous. So he will just, he might not produce anything at the end of it, but at the end of the day, if you're getting skinned and you've got 30 yards to make up, who's going to make it up quicker? Zabaleta, who's 35, 36, or Ryan Fredericks, who is fast. He's not, I mean, he's not the finished article, but one thing he can't take away from him is his pace. Yeah. We've got DeAndre Yedlin. He's only a prof- professional footballer because he's fast as hell. He's got no technique. He's got he hasn't got a great defensive nous, but he's fast as hell. So when you when he gets somebody gets in behind one of the centre backs, he's covering as quick as anything. Mm. So playing someone one on one at thirty six years old, Christ Almighty, Zabaleta would have wanted to retire at half time. I don't know. <laughs> Maximin just bullied him. I don't know why that decision was made because as you say that seems slightly bizarre especially when the majority uh, I mean you you say the first two goals were balls into the box that were headed in I don't know what the goalkeeper was doing for one of them came flying out and was an easy header into the back of the net but definitely later on in the game St Maxman and 
Almiron were just getting so much joy just running at Zabaleta, just running at the West mm. Ham defence. And spaces seemed to open up. I remember St. Maximan had a one-on-one. I don't think Almiron should have scored Zabaleta from a one-on-one. to be at the club this season. He signed a one-year contract extension at the end of last season purely mm. because I think the club failed to strengthen or identify any suitable targets in that area. And he probably hasn't quite got... I mean, the season previous, he looked done for pace on a fair few occasions. And now this season, he seems to have lost another yard, maybe. Yeah, so, and it's yeah. not going to come back. It's not going to come <laughs> it back. It doesn't come back overnight. My expectation was that he'd probably play a more holding midfield role this season mm. and just kind of add a little bit of stability to I the midfield. I actually feel quite sorry for him because he has been a good player in the Premier League over the oh, years. Oh, he's been a great oh, player. Fantastic, like, yeah. like you say, that's a career ender, isn't it? Being yeah. burned like that. And you've just got your head in your hands thinking, oh, he's so old. He's yeah. so old and, yeah. and he's done. Um, I think what's happened with West Ham is the expectations were raised early on by a couple of decent results against not brilliant teams. And now... Norwich and Watford, both exactly. in the relegation zone, a couple both in the bottom two. A couple of injuries have affected the team. We're still waiting for Winston Reid to come back, who you'd hope would shore up that defence a little bit. What do you get in? I think so. I think Dielpen like... Reid would be your first choice centre-backs. You bring him, you how long of, would you give him, though, to recover? Because he's been injured for a long time. Well, isn't it going to take a long time to get match fit again? And then he's got to win his place back. So, yeah. uh, But he, on paper, you'd go, that is the best pet partnership, is Diop and Winston Reid. But the big miss is Fabianski. And it's clear that the slide into poor form and conceding poor goals has been the moment... Fabianski got injured in the yeah. 2-2 draw with Bournemouth. You have a theory about this, Jim, don't you? You think that that is a direct correlation between yeah. West Ham's downturn in form oh, and Fabianski is. getting injured. It completely is. I mean, as I said to Marley earlier, I said the you look at those goals in the Newcastle-West Ham game and you go, none of them you'd put down to keeper error. None of them you'd go would be, you'd say were a mistake. But probably two of those three you'd expect a Premier League goalkeeper to save. The free kick down low yeah. to Roberto's left and goals down low to his left seem to be a particular issue he seems to be very slow at getting down to the bottom corners of the goal probably as you say the goal where he came out was that the second goal second goal Fernandez. yeah the um, ball into the box and he came out and he, he didn't really get he sort of stopped he didn't he know realised yeah. halfway through far oh, crap I'm not going to get this and the first goal he looked very immobile for as well he was just he was left motionless. Yeah. And it was yeah. a fairly close range header, so maybe you can forgive him that. But if you haven't got a solid goal, he's just not very bag, good, really, is he? No, and Fabianski would pull one save out of the bag every game that you didn't expect yeah. him to get. Fabianski would have saved the free kick. No no yeah. issues for me. And, and I don't think he would have came for the cross. Then suddenly would... it's a 2 2 draw and you've got a point. Yeah, it's a 2 1 win, to be honest. If, if we hadn't uh, scored that free kick. Yeah. You know. And there's no way that West Ham can address that. Because Fabianski is going to be back in January, and obviously the window doesn't open till January, and there's a reason why Roberto is still being picked ahead of David Martin. But David Martin's come from Millwall, and he's 34 years old, yes. <laughs> so it's probably yeah. not that difficult to see what that reason it's is. It's one of them quarter fillers, isn't it? He's English, yeah, choice exactly. to yeah. goalkeeper English Definitely. style. But you know, it's the happy way. days for us, though. Yeah. yeah. Well, well <laughs> one, one quick thing on Newcastle United. Well, as good as uh, you were in the first half, uh, you know, really taking the sword to West Ham. Mm-hmm. And as good as Almiron is in terms of his work rate, he needs to score or assist soon. He's a record forward. He needs to do something, Marley. He's uh, he's had a really good chance one-on-one, couldn't quite get it past the goalkeeper. He yeah. just needs that goal to get him propelled forward and get him kicking on. Yeah. Um, 
the only yeah. I mean, we scored three goals, but still the only issue is none of our attackers scored those three goals. Two came from, well, all three came from set pieces, really. Mm. Um, even, you know, the the Fernandez goal didn't technically, well, it did because it was a short corner and then it was played in, so it's still technically a set piece. Our centre-backs are, are very good. Like, three of them have scored in the last two weeks. Clark, mm. Fernandez, and Lascelles have scored our goals in the last two weeks. And Cher scores goals, but he's injured. Yeah, and he's got to come back into the team. Um but yeah, I mean, Almiron, he's vital to what we do. He's vital to how we play because we play as in we'll get the ball back deep when you you attack us. doesn't matter what team it is. You attack us. And if we win the ball back, you're knackered because then we're, cause we've got St. Maximan, Almiron and Jolinton who are all quick and dribble and can carry the ball a long way by themselves. And that is that's our tactic. So... Mm. Everything comes from counter-attacking with, with a lot of pace and a lot of um, quick movement and that kind of thing. Um, the only other th- the only thing is with that, you've got to take your chances. You don't get too many of them in a game, which is kind of the frustrating thing. Um, you don't really break teams down. You kind of... You've seen the goal we scored against Man United with Matty Longstaff. Yeah. It started from Almiron getting it inside his own box. He went past Ashley Young. He played a great ball to St Maximan. He travelled, give it to Willems, comes back, Matty Longstaff slams it in the bottom corner. Wins goal of the month, match of the day, by the way. Brilliant. That's the only <laughs> thing we'll win all season. But thank you, Matty, for that. Um, and yeah, I mean, he does need a goal. He needs to be more composed. But I think the way we play, because we play so quick and it, you have to do it now, 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 he lacks a bit of composure in that situation. But mm. that is something that will be rectified by a goal bouncing in off his cheekbone or something like that. <laughs> yeah, And that's, so that's all he needs. Yeah. I, I liked Steve Bruce commenting after the game, by the way, at the weekend, saying that the, it was nice to hear the fans behind him and he hopes it was only a matter of time before the fans backed him as much as they backed Rafa Benitez. Yeah, I think even he didn't believe what he said. <laughs> he was like, I'd love him to, to love me as Please much as me. they loved Rafa. <laughs> and everyone me. was like, get lost, you cabbage. <laughs> <laughs> you won um, one game. Newcastle United beating West Ham United by three goals to two. Liverpool also got a victory, but a last gasp victory at that. Sadio Mane with a brilliant header, it has to be said, to take Liverpool uh, six points clear again at the top of the Premier League after um, it looked like it was going to be a 1-1 draw against Aston Villa. Brilliant header from Mane. We were talking yesterday on the show, and I thought it was an interesting debate, so I wanted to throw it out to you guys. Is Sadio Mane the best player in the Premier League right now? I don't know. <laughs> That's not my answer. I think he's he's very good, but he's also playing in a very good Liverpool side. Can you think of anyone better than Sadio Mane right now in the Premier League? Matty Longstaff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it's a really difficult But yeah, question. as non-ginger people, Mane is better. <laughs> Who would you put above him? Well, that's the get... point. Does that not make him the best? There's Jamie, no one Jamie Vardy at the minute is shit hot. Even uh, if you put against... Jamie Vardy in that Liverpool team, would he do better? No. Hat-trick against a, an average Southampton team. It's a, different, it's a different style, isn't it, I suppose. But I mean, um, look at Marnie. I mean, maybe, maybe Sterling. Yeah. Sterling? Sterling, uh, on, Marnie. On current form? Marnie doesn't get very much credit, perhaps. Well, Salah is the star, he isn't he, of that team? Exactly, and, and he's yeah. not exactly banging the goals in this season. Marnie's the one that stepped up this season, taking it to another level. I mm. think... I think there is a strong argument for him being the best in the Premier League right because now. Because of his style of play and because of his willingness to go down quicker than a <laughs> analogy I probably can't use on a podcast. <laughs> it's um, 
I think maybe people are reluctant to give him the credit he deserves and I'm going to include myself in that because I'm just replaying that dive from the weekend over and over in my head Jeez, and the yeah. best players don't need to do that. Okay. Okay, we'll move on quickly from that then. Um, and just a final couple of bits. The rumour mill in full swing, of course, as we approach January. It won't be long now until the window opens. Timo Werner, we spoke of Liverpool just there. He's a name that's been linked with the Reds. He plays for RB Leipzig in the Bundesliga. He's on 17 goals from 26 games this season for club and country in all competitions. And reportedly, uh, according to the German news outlet Kicker, he's got a 30 million euro release clause, which is just for, for that sort of for those sort of numbers to be able to get a player of that quality for that price seems a bit of a no-brainer. Which means he'll be instantly linked with a move to Manchester United. Of course. Yeah. If he hasn't done already. I was going to say, even Newcastle would play £30, 30 million pound if he was the right age. There's going to be a few players like that be a little bit out of our league? Because so. of the acceleration that there's been in player values, because mm. they've gone astronomical over the last two seasons, maybe mm. even season and a half, there's going to be a lot of players available who are doing well within European clubs that have very reasonable release clauses. Yeah, well, 30 million is the new 10 million. Yeah, it is. You know, transfer and he's fees... Been, are... he's been lethal for two or three years now. Yeah, he has, yeah. So... He's just, tre- just trebled, haven't they, transfer fees? They've gone through the roof since that Neymar deal. But we've, finally... seen, we've seen a few players from either direction, like, come from the Bundesliga to the Premier League and perform at varying levels, mm-hmm. haven't we? Some of them do really well. Aubameyang has been absolutely incredible for Arsenal. Some of them do less well. Mkhitaryan, it didn't really work for him over here. But it certainly seems if you've got a player scoring that many goals in that many games for club and country, 30 million, as you say, it seems like absolutely nothing to take that risk on. Uh, mm. Continuing with the German theme, uh, Jose Mourinho, the former Manchester United and Chelsea manager, is set for a return to management at Bayern Munich, it's being reported. He's 1-33 to 33 on with some bookmakers. He's actually been learning German as well, so it seems uh, uh, like hand-in-glove situation here. Bayern have sacked Niko Kovac. Could we see Niko Kovac in the Premier League at some time? Uh, but first, we'll talk about Jose's return to management. I mean, Where's the learning German thing come from? Uh, I, th- I think a very credible source has suggested that he's been doing German lessons for a while now. Um, there was reports linking him with Dortmund maybe two weeks ago. Mm. Um, he gets on well with the Dortmund uh, hierarchy, but obviously this job's opened up at Bayern Munich. I think they lost 5-1 to Frankfurt yep. or someone like Which that. Which was Nico Kovac's old team oh, that he so- left. <laughs> There we like go. A, That's why he's been sacked, Kovac. But it could be like could, a very it, could it be Kovac to the it? Premier League at some point? Could Mourinho go to Bayern? It certainly looks like that's what's going to happen. It'd be really interesting to see how Mourinho does in the Bundesliga with Bayern Munich if it does happen, and whether he can restore those magical powers. I'm surprised he isn't gunning for a return to the Premier League because that seems to have been where he wants to be. And I think he's talked openly about yeah. wanting to exercise the demons of Manchester United and come back to the Premier League. But at the same time. Surely, if you're Jose Mourinho and you've managed in Spain and the Premier League, then if a job like Bayern Munich does present itself, you take it. Title in four of the top five European leagues? Sounds good to me. Yeah. It's pretty much, you know, it's a bit of a tap-in as well, isn't it, Germany? If you get it right, there aren't that many teams that can... Can touch it really, and he kind of as, needs. As he needs a job to build up that credibility again slightly, doesn't he? he yeah, can't he does. afford to have another failed managerial position. But in yeah. terms of Premier League suitors, could Arsenal have a new manager soon? Could Everton have a new manager soon? Would they not be clubs fit? Well, I think no. we've said before for that Jose. Jose Mourinho is probably a level above what Everton can hope for at the moment. With all due respect yeah. to Everton, they don't seem to be at that. Everton stage have wasted yet. that much money on transfer fees. They don't need to try and. 
bring Jose in on ten million a season and then not do anything mm. with him and find out that They've the top six is still too far. And then, then yeah, once he toxicates everything, and they'll have to <laughs> uh, they'll have to get rid of him and probably bankrupt the club. But. And the Arsenal fans who are calling for Jose Mourinho, I've seen a few saying sack Emery, get Mourinho in, are clinically insane. What about get Wenger back? There I've seen plenty of get Wenger back. I think that is a better call because I think. It's got more chance of happening. If Mourinho took over at Arsenal, the type of football that was being played would... Yeah. It's just not The stuff Arsenal. as well. The stuff over the years that Mourinho has said about yeah. Arsenal is hilarious. Yeah. Like, just to, <laughs> when he had a go at Wenger for being a serial loser. Oh, just think of the memes. <laughs> just, oh, yeah. Make yeah. my job dead easy. But. You know what? Arsenal, <laughs> it give Jose a 15 million a season contract just so Jim can get his guts full of memes. Yeah. That's what he wants. <laughs> get my memes Do it, in. Arsenal. Absolute insanity. Thanks for listening to Football Social Daily. We'll be back tomorrow with another podcast, so don't forget to hit subscribe so you never miss a show. See you then. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.